Don't get lost in the waves of change. 190 pages, tens of hours of lawyers. One takeaway today is you, you now put on your listing agent hat when you meet with a buyer and you treat them the same way. So that's what you need to take with. KGCI Real Estate on Air, keeping you informed and empowered as the NAR settlement brings seismic shifts to the real estate industry. It's a consultation and a strategy. When you think of how people need to buy a home in this market, it takes great strategy. So why not strategize with that buyer? They need your help more than ever. Defend on KGCI Real Estate on Air. Well, welcome everybody. I'm excited about today's topic because I think some people can relate to this where you just have that one day that you can recall in your business when you learn something that changed everything from then on. Now, I know I remember this day very vividly, and I'm going to talk about one of the most valuable lessons I learned in my first year as a realtor that really shifted everything. And this story is also known as the Barry story or don't be Barry story. Don't be a Barry. Don't be a Barry. And it's really a fan favorite. So we knew we just had to cover it in our podcast. It's really a, a what I love about this is the discussions that happen after this, the lessons that people are bringing up. Uh, when they come up to us is is always what I like about it. The, the That fact that it sparks the conversations is really awesome. Now, Barry is a real person. Of course, I have not included his last name to protect his identity. Uh, but Barry taught me a very valuable lesson, and he didn't even know it. Oh. So, <laughs> I know. So, you know, when I was in my first year of real estate, it was towards the end of my first year, and I remember, or maybe mid mid-year, my sphere of influence just wasn't very large. You know, I thought it was going to be really big. And as I started to write down names and phone numbers, I realized I don't have as many names as I thought I had. Yeah. It's uh, when you first get in, you're, you're excited and you like, I know this many people. And then after about, for me, it was like 10 or 15. I'm like, well, I think I said hi to the mailman once. I think his, <laughs> Can name, I put is, him I on think the his name is John. I'm just going to say John. <laughs> Let's just call it John the mailman. And that counts. So 15, huh? That was the yeah, answer. I didn't have any friends. <laughs> oh, man. I think I thought I was going to get to 100 pretty fast. They tell you in school, you know, try to get it to 100 as quick as possible. And at about 40, which I was cocky, shocking, in my head, not outwardly, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get to 100 tonight. It's so competitive. And I got to about 40 and I hit a wall. And I was like, oh. So anyway, I knew that my first year and really every year in real estate after that, that my... Uh, I needed to wake up in the morning like, how can I, who can I help today? How can I make a difference in someone's life? And who can I add to my sphere? That was one of the biggest questions. Who can I add to my sphere today? Because I knew your sphere is your, is your life lifeline. Well, you were just on it. Cause I remember when they were telling you know us that in school, I was like, I, I mean, I got a massive family, you know? And I was thinking like, I was sort of just adding, you know, here's, here's the way my brain worked. They said, like, add 100 people. So I'm just writing down, you know, names of aunts, uncles, cousins. And then I was like, wait a minute. You want, like, any name or they should be old enough to buy a home? Because I was like, well, then I got to scratch off, like, seven cousins <laughs> because they're, like, 13 and below. Well, I knew that every day it was important to add to my sphere. And so that was part of my business plan and business model. So I did that in many different ways, you know, whether it was holding open houses or going to networking groups. Well, one of the ways I did that and, and enter the Barry story was uh, every year, and I was started my career in Kansas City, I 
there was a home and garden and remodeling show. So it was a huge convention center in downtown Kansas City. And on one half of the convention center, it was like home and garden. And the other nice. side, it was remodeling. I love so, those shows. I know. So, so my train of thought was if I hang out there and network with people, the people who are remodeling might get so overwhelmed by what it takes to remodel that they'll just want to sell and buy something that they can build or maybe they're remodeling to sell i'm just hoping that a huge percentage of them need a realtor so i decide i'm going to network there well they see all this cool stuff it's like we need a bigger house because i need a barn dominium or whatever they're called (laughs) exactly so as i'm there networking i meet a couple i remember their names were uh, jody and sandy overacre i believe and uh, probably shouldn't have said their name like to the world but anyway the overacres were in a uh, i had never met them before but they were at the show and i struck up a conversation with them and my goal was to have as many conversations as possible but i knew not all of them would be meaningful or not all of them would stick but I, my goal was every day that one of them would stick and i would get their information back well that that day that was the overacres and i remember that i got their information back they weren't currently looking to buy or sell but we had connected enough where I could get their information and I asked if I could keep in touch with them from time to time and provide them some valuable information and they said yes so anytime I met somebody new I'd put them on what's called an eight by eight or like a newly met campaign rather than just throwing them straight onto the sphere um, I feel like you should really saturate them up front now here's what's amazing that whenever you start telling this is in my head I just, because you've got such a great personality, and I can't even fathom seeing somebody and going, hey, and just striking up a conversation, because inside that conversation, there's like banter, and that's like kryptonite. So it's not like, <laughs> so whatever you tell this story, I'm always thinking like, how, how do you, like, what do you say? Because <laughs> I know most agents have a script of what, what we want to say, and how do we inquire, and you know, ask questions about the home. I'm still trying to figure out, like, what comes after high? That's that's still something I'm trying to work on. You know what? You you give me a lot of credit for having a personality, but I'm not going to lie. It was awkward. I had to put myself out there, and it wasn't the most comfortable thing because I don't know these people. You know, my in, Jason, was that I had a small, small booth, and they were kind of expensive, but in my first year, the booth did not look great. I mean, I had stuff from, like, Party City. There was no nice... Uh, hey, she's got some cool stuff. <laughs> I had like the plastic but pleated skirt. Hey, you know? <laughs> fancy. And I, I thought, oh my gosh, is I put up Home Depot gift cards and there were, if I remember back in the day, they were orange, bright gift cards. Yeah. And it was like, like if, if I put a bunch of those in my booth, I had this uh, like plastic thing sticking up for giveaway for Home Depot gift cards. And it didn't matter if my booth looked good or not. The second those people saw a bright orange gift card, and they're needing to remodel, mind you, they wanted to enter to win that. So that's getting them over there. That's how I got them over to talk that was, to That me. was the hook. That was the uh, hook okay, gotcha, gotcha. to talk to people. And while they're filling out the form, of course, I will strike up a conversation. And that's kind of just don't give me so much credit. It was awkward. And I even remember going, oh, my gosh, this is the most ghetto looking booth like just (laughs) 
because I just didn't have anything nice. And I'll tell you the next year I went all out and did that booth again. And when I had all the professional stuff, I converted leads less. People came to my table less. So it was interesting that when I didn't have it all together is when they came over because there was less threatening. Less I th guess. They felt bad for you. Oh, <laughs> look, at, she's trying. Let's go just say hi. Let's just say hi. Come on. Well, I, what I learned is, is when the more fancy the booth was, they thought if they entered the contest, you were going to be selling their information or bothering them right, to right. a big company. Whereas when it was just me looking all innocent <laughs> and cheap. <laughs> anyway, uh, I met them. And as I began to send them a marketing piece once a week for eight weeks, that was my plan. Um, just kind of reminding them who I am, maybe sending them a, a, a handwritten thank you note. It was so great to meet you with some cards and just giving them some information. And at the end of that eight weeks, that's when I would normally decide, okay, is this somebody that I feel like I've connected with enough to put on my sphere of influence or am I going to put them on the not met list? Right. So um, they, I got lucky on week six out of the week eight they contacted me they wanted to have me come out and do they said well, we weren't planning on selling till next year but based on the information you've been sending us we figure it couldn't hurt to talk to you now about possibly listing mm. so why don't you come out to the house and um, talk to us about listing our home so i was very excited and i went out to the home and i typically do my listing presentations at the kitchen table so <clears throat> excuse me as i was at the kitchen table i'm on one side they're on the other and behind them is their refrigerator and I remember in my peripheral view, it was so distracting as I'm presenting my listing presentation, right. which was torture for people back then, by the way. I just had so much information to give. I was inexperienced. I didn't want to forget anything. That's, that's going to be another podcast. Right that's going to be another that's podcast. That's a whole podcast. other podcast. Another episode. <laughs> a lot of lessons. How to here. kill people with a listing presentation. <laughs> Don't torture people, right? <laughs> anyway, I'm going over my information. I'm getting very distracted because of my peripheral view on my refrigerator. I can see three realtor magnets. So on their refrigerator, they had three magnets. Right. Okay. And it appeared the silhouette of two of them were the same and one was somebody else. So three magnets, two different real estate agents. And can you guys relate to this? Because I have you ever seen realtor magnets on someone's fridge? Yeah, that's always curious is like, how many of you guys listening right now have gone to a listing presentation and you sit down and you see other magnets and there's this little tiny thing inside of you that goes, <laughs> I'm here, you're not. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Well, I was newer. So instead of taking that standpoint, which I should have, I I was actually kind of panicked inside. Like, oh my gosh, I'm interviewing against other realtors and I didn't even know it. They have other realtor friends. And so I decided to keep going and just keep that in my head. And thank goodness it went well and I got the listing. Okay, they even signed the listing room. They're going to list like, this week. So that's, that's, that's a done deal. Right it's there. a done deal. Nice. I'm very excited. We start to build even more rapport. Everything's getting signed. And as I'm about to leave, right, I just can't help myself. Call me stubborn. Um, but I had to open that can of worms because as I get, as I'm exiting the kitchen, I walk by the fridge and I look at them and I say, Hey, you guys, I noticed you have three realtor magnets on your refrigerator. So were you interviewing other people also about taking this listing? And if so, what made you choose the Boyd team? Now, let me back up when I said the Boyd team, because that was my name before Jason. Um, it was my first year, you guys. The Boyd team was me, my lender, my broker. <laughs> You know, that was my team, right? But I wanted to give the impression of bigger than well, sounds professional. what it was, yeah. right? So I said, what made you choose the Boyd team? Because I really wanted to learn. And they 
looked at the refrigerator and they go, huh? Just like that, huh? Like they didn't know what I was talking about. So he looks at the fridge. He doesn't even have to walk over to it. And he says, oh, that's Barry. So apparently the person with two magnets was Barry. Mm. The other one, they didn't even know who it was. <laughs> oh, that's Barry. And I just kind of paused. He said, yes, Barry sold us this house two years ago. So I'm thinking, Barry sold the house to him two years ago. He has two magnets on the fridge. I said, oh, did you not have a very good experience with him? And they said, oh, no, he was awesome. Nice. He was really good. I'm really confused at this stand, this, this point. He looks at his wife and says, Sandy, we forgot about Barry. What? I mean, we forgot about Barry. And at that point, I'm like, okay, well, I got to go now. I'm going to go put this listing into the MLS and get it sold for you. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Um, so what was the lesson there, you guys? It, it, it sounds like such a simple story, but the lesson in it was huge because as I got to know that couple better, they shared with me that even though they had a really good experience with Barry, matter of fact, great experience, nothing they would change about it, Barry had not contacted them in the entire time they've lived in that home in two years. No. And yet was spending expensive marketing dollars on what we call keeper pieces to keep on the refrigerator. But the relationship was, it doesn't matter how much you spend, an automated mailing does not constitute as a relationship. That cannot create meaningful relationships. So he didn't have a single conversation with them. So the lesson to me was huge in that day. Yeah, and this is what this is where the conversation starts because there's so many realtors that have come up to us and go, yeah, I've got you know these marketing pieces. And then they'll start like rattling off the marketing pieces that they use. So we'll have one come up and say, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And they'll start just rattling off. And the bottom line is, is that automated marketing doesn't create meaningful relationships. And it takes that touch. But the, I mean, the good news is, is the fact that the how you go about connecting people has vastly changed over the years. But it is that those pieces that are being sent out. Yeah, because there's multiple lessons actually in the Barry story. I, mean, I could go on and on and on because one of the lessons is the biggest lesson is you have to talk to your people in order yeah. to have a real relationship. But there was actually multiple lessons because as he began to explain more, one of the pieces that Barry had on the refrigerator was a sports schedule. Right. And he told me that that he was he only remembered the sports schedule when he needed the time for the game. So in other words, it wasn't training him that Barry was the real estate expert or to call Barry when he needed it. It was like, oh, he paid attention to that schedule when he needed the time for the game. So when you're sending a recipe card, when you're sending a sports schedule, people may like them, but is it training them that you're the real estate expert or is it training them that you're the recipe expert? Well, on top of that, I kind of look at it as assumptive marketing. And assumptive marketing is really going back to broad marketing. We always say broad is broke, niche is rich, is the fact that I assume that everyone here loves the Cowboys because I'm in Dallas, or I assume that everyone you know loves and then insert the name of the you know the local uh, football team uh, compared to everything else. And it's just not true. In fact, we were at Mom's house, and my brother-in-law, who's a massive uh, Packers fan, um, was offended 
because a realtor has sent up a cowboy schedule. And I wonder just how many clients you're losing because you're, because people, I don't know about y'all, people get passionate about their sports. I mean, you know, that's, that's highly offensive. How dare you think I like the Cowboys? Um, and so to a Packers and fan, that's really offensive. we're assuming that they're a Cowboys fan. Or we're assuming that they're a, you know, baseball team fan or, or that they like college football. Or anytime you send out sports schedules, my question is always, okay, that piece costs money. And how do you know that they're a fan? Right. But also, what is it training them to think of you as? You know, I know people love sports schedules. Heck, we even like sports schedules. But again, you don't know what team they like. But what is it that's training them? Because even if they, even if I send something that's training them that I'm the real estate expert, let's say it's some market stats. Let's say it's an offer to give them the value of their home. Mm. Let's say it's some kind of item of value for staging or improving their home. Something real estate related. Even if they don't keep it and they throw it away, at least I know that what I'm spending money on is planting a seed and training them before they throw it away. Gosh, Amber really knows her stuff. You know, Amber really knows the market stats. When we list, we want to list with somebody who knows what they're talking about. So even if it goes in the trash, what are you training them to think of you as before it goes in the trash? But So here's the disconnect. We've got a whole bunch of realtors out there that are sending out marketing pieces that really don't equate to real estate. And in our mental brains, we make this like, uh, we're going through like a ninja, uh, American Ninja Warrior obstacle course with our brains going, okay, but if they if they remember me with the football schedule or my recipe cards or me telling them to spring forward, then that means that they're going to see that I'm professional, that I care about them, and they're going to use me for business. I'm like, that's a whole lot of assumptions, of assumptions that you're going <laughs> Like 17 things have to happen before they relate real estate to you. And so I'm going to look at data. And if we take a look at the National Association of Realtors, they conducted a survey of home sellers and buyers, and they found that 85 5% of the people that they surveyed said that they would definitely recommend their agent. They would definitely, you know, consider using their agent again. But when it came down to it, how many actually did? Actually, only 12% did. And the previous year was 15%. So mm. we're actually trending down. So why the huge gap? This reminds me of Barry. They liked Barry. He yeah. gave a great experience. Yeah. So why didn't they actually reuse them, even though they said they would? Why the gap? Because they forgot about Barry. Because studies show that customer satisfaction does not equate to continued sales. There has to be a relationship, you guys. Because even though sales is a numbers game, it's even more of a relationship game. Yeah, and I love another one. This was actually a survey done by Tom Ferry that they reveal only 4% of agents stay in touch with past clients, customers, friends, or relatives. There's the gap. Yeah. So there's the gap. So as we uh, begin to look at these lessons, it's not just about assumptive marketing. It's not just about what we're sending them. The biggest piece of don't be Barry is don't rely on automated marketing to make you the real estate expert. Don't rely on automated marketing to have a relationship with somebody. How would your relationship be with your friend or your spouse or your family if it was on automation, right? Can you imagine, Jay? Well, we love that word, though. I mean, it'd be easier, right? But would it be as effective? And I think there's a, a massive discrepancy in, I mean, if you if you want to get, I remember when I first got in, if you want to get a realtor super intrigued, you say some really key words like, how about this? Set it and forget it. 
Oh, what? You have my attention. Shut up. Take my money. I don't know what you're selling. You said set it and forget it. Um, and, and I think that is, I don't have to do anything. Right. We wear so many hats. We've got to do so many things. We're working so many hours that the, the little bit of, of, um, of pressure that we can release off ourselves, I'm going to go for that. And so, but I want to make a distinction is that when it comes to relationship building with your sphere of influence, the people that know you, like you, and trust you, automations aren't going to work. Mm-mm. Now, and so I, I just want to correct that record because it's not, we're saying like all automations are bad. We, we love automation. Yeah, we love absolutely. technology, but not when it comes to your sphere of influence. Not when guys. it comes to the people that matter most. And I think that's maybe the better way to say it. The people that matter most, your sphere of influence should not be automated. Um, those are the people that deserve your time. One other lesson I want to bring up quickly in this story is that you guys, we're constantly trying to get more leads, more leads. When really, if you have a sphere of 500 people and they know at least a hundred people, which is really minimum, they know more than a hundred people. If they have, that's 50,000 opportunities for real estate referrals. So another lesson is instead of trying to go after new leads all the time, it's exhausting. Hmm. Why don't we have a relationship with the people that we know now and have a bring high value, wake up in the morning and go, who on my sphere can I help today? Who's, whose life and business can I make better by helping them? And it'll automatically come back to you. So you guys, as we end today, we don't want to be Barry. Right. So ask yourself, are you a Barry? When's the last time you had personal contact with every single member of your sphere of influence? Yeah. Are you spending more money on expensive marketing and seeing few referrals? That might be a key indicator that you are not marketing to your sphere on a high level. And finally, what is your plan of action to be in relationship with your sphere and always providing value? This is going to be the largest transfer market share we've ever seen between agents in history. KGCI Real Estate on Air, keeping you informed and empowered as the NAR settlement brings seismic shifts to the real estate industry. You treat your buyers just like you do a seller. You get a consultation, you pitch, and you compete for the value you will deliver for the fee you're willing to accept. Stay informed, stay prepared. Depend on KGCI Real Estate on Air.